0: Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed podcast. A keynote address at a college in Wisconsin. Um, it was fun. I've actually gotten to do a little bit more of that work this fall, But it's always challenging because when someone asks you to boil down this work that you think about all the time and work on all the time into an hour, or in this case, an hour plus a breakout session, it's challenging because you want to make sure you find the essence of what you're trying to get through to people. Um, Particularly because, as I always tell people, I'm, I'm not a hired gun. I'm not coming in trying to sell something. I'm really just trying to talk about this idea that's kind of transformed my work and I think could transform a lot of places that we work and get better results for the people we serve. So one of the things I've told people is they need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it made me think of something I wrote um, last March in 2019 uh, about one of the ways that I had to change my approach to things uh, and how I had to change my relationship to students. Um, And it's really a story about A student at my prior college uh, named Sarah and she's someone who's remained a friend to this day and is really one of my great teachers Um, so in the interest of boiling things down to something I hope really matters I'd like to share an article I wrote last March called poverty-informed practice in higher education the power of proximity as we move our division our college our world in the direction of being poverty-informed, it's really a personal journey for me as well. The beginning of our poverty-informed work focused on our three pillars, meeting basic needs, creating a sense of belonging, and acceleration to stability. But we quickly realized that all of that was informed and changed by proximity to the students we serve. I'm an administrator, and one of the dangers of a career in administration is that students can become an abstraction rather than the fully realized human beings they actually are. Our efforts to meet basic needs like our community food bowl regularly put me in proximity and conversation with students in different ways than I normally would. It's been transformative in how I do my work and I'd like to try to explain why so you might consider going down the same path. So I want to tell you about one of those students I talk with. Her name is Sarah and she is my friend. If you've read my articles regularly, thank you for that, or listen to these podcasts, you've met Sarah. I have a picture of us uh, in the fall of 2018 in the lobby of the building I ran on my campus. Uh, It's a nice picture. Sarah's kind of dressed up that day, and I'm in my typical middle-manager, middle-aged uniform of a checkered shirt and some khaki pants. Um, And we were getting ready to record some video um, so that she could tell people a little bit about herself. Sarah and I had met when she participated in the Youth Build Project while earning her HSED on our campus. I've told the story in lots of other places, but the first conversation Sarah and I had was when the Youth Build Project coordinator asked me to come out and see Sarah because Sarah was very upset about something she perceived as being unfair that day. We only had a brief conversation, and Sarah was very upset, but I was so struck by her sense of justice and her intelligence. Sarah is an extrovert like to the maximum extrovert. So I knew who she was at school because she made lots of stops in our front office and her teachers talked about her all the time too. Sarah was open with all of those people and shared things that she had been through which honestly would bring most of us to our knees. So I began to develop an admiration for her. But if I'm honest, it was at sort of a safe distance and I admired the idea of Sarah. She was sort of a story. But in reality, she's so much more than that. Dr. Donna Beagle tells her own personal story and talks about the danger that she could have been written off in college because her grammar didn't meet middle-class expectations when she went there in her 20s. Getting to know Sarah has reminded me of that story frequently. Sarah grew up in Kentucky and Indiana in difficult circumstances, and the way she uses language can make you forget to notice how kind of brilliant she actually is. But somewhere along the line, Sarah decided that I needed to get to know her, and I was blown away by the depth of her knowledge and the breadth of her interests. She would find a way to stop by my office to discuss something about school or classes, and before I knew it, she would be helping me understand the challenges of living in a town where finding a reasonable place to live at a reasonable price is difficult. She's very well versed in current events, and she certainly has no shortage of opinions on how things can be improved. These conversations started to change the way I saw her, and I started to see others see her differently as well. Sarah's very direct, and sometimes she talks about things you wouldn't expect to talk about at school. I always think of the time she announced she was going to be an aunt in a way that uh, sort of made me blush. But in reality, she's compassionate and genuine, and just direct. I watched her progress, and I watched her struggle through our wood tech program, And I watched her change our behavior as we looked forward to her stopping in every day. Being poverty-informed means you need to suspend judgment. And Sarah is a walking, breathing example of why we have to do that. If we had written her off, we would have missed out on so much. Sarah completed most of a cabinet-making certificate that spring and started pursuing a degree in human services also. She still volunteers extensively at her church, and she's a tireless advocate for people who are homeless. I often think about the young woman I met in YouthBuild and what my honest expectations were for her. I'm not sure the previous version of me would have seen everything Sarah had to offer the world. That seems significant to me and an important element of becoming truly poverty-informed. To do that, you need proximity to the people you serve. You need to be partners in their dreams. Poverty-informed colleges aren't searching for diamonds in the rough who can meet our expectations. We're trying to open our eyes and see the strengths of students like Sarah and what they bring to our colleges and the world. Can you see the difference between those two things? I think it's what the folks at Amarillo College mean when they say, love the students you have. You don't kind of like the students you have. You're not surprised at what they can do, and you certainly don't turn them into mascots. You love them. And all their outrageous humanity and raw courage. And then you eliminate the word enabling from your vocabulary and you get to work to get people what they need. I have another picture of Sarah that we took several months later. Uh, it feels different. Uh, she's in a hoodie. Uh, I'm in my usual uniform of checkered shirt and khaki pants because that's what I wear. Um, but she's given me the bunny ears and we're laughing. The first picture was of a dean and a student, and a dean who told the student he would try to tell her story as best he understood it. The second picture is just of Chad and Sarah. We are partners in seeing what we can become. We learn from each other and frustrate each other and care about each other. I worry all the time that Sarah thinks she needs to go back to work at the carnival to make ends meet, and she sincerely worries that my lack of organized religion puts me at risk of eternal damnation. Actually, she kind of rocked my world in one of those conversations. Faith is a big, important part of Sarah's life, and I respect that. I have a different set of beliefs, and it's a frequent conversation topic between us. On that day, Sarah was saying she was concerned about the consequences of my beliefs, but her eyes lit up when she asked me how we get snacks each week for the bowl. I told her one of the ways was that I went shopping every Sunday and I helped stock up. She looked at me and said, so, you are tithing, and she seemed relieved. I may not be a lost cause after all. So, if you aspire to be a poverty-informed college with a poverty-informed approach that really gives different results, you don't have to be friends with the people you serve, but I believe you do need to find a way to be in proximity to them and the truth of their stories. I believe you may have to take a risk and give up your safe distance. And if you are lucky, you might make a friend like Sarah.